This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 415 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by TotalSaddleFit.com and Kentucky Performance Products. Tonight, we're going to be continuing with our Destructing the Movements series uh, with judge and trainer Jennifer Roth, who is back on the show with us. And we've also, as usual, got a great saddle fit tip. Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hey there, Phil. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's starting to turn around <laughs> weather-wise and, you know, starting to think about a few things. Um, we've had some trainers in the farm doing some some lessons. And my uh, my normal trainer, Cindy, has joined us and we're she's kicking butt getting ready for the show. So I think... We're starting to feel a little excited, a little anticipation. We got it, our first show in, what, two and a half weeks or so? So Wow, uh, it's coming up, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's very cool. Well, we are the same, and it's Derby Week around here, so there's been lots going on with that, and, uh, you know, it's always... Rolex was awesome, I hear. Rolex was awesome. It was, yeah, I, I heard it was great, and uh, it was fun. Clark Montgomery uh, won the dressage. He had been here at my farm um, training a little bit, and so okay. that was that was fun to see him win. I don't think he was as good on cross country, but I, I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I Maybe love Coach it. Jen could help us with, with how, what was going on Rolex week in Kentucky. You know, Clark kicked everybody's butt on dressage. It was awesome. Yes! Cross country <laughs> day. There were a lot of runouts. It was a very influential course this year. So I would say Clark had a Decent cross-country net round, but not stellar. But things were not hopeless. But then for, for stadium jumping, again, a tough course. A lot of rails down for a lot of riders. And the time was hard to make, which was surprising, because the track didn't that look like surprising. it would be hard to make. Um, so mm. it, it just went, it was just one of those weekends. It started out fabulous, but I think the tough cross-country course, there were a lot of tired horses mm-hmm. at the end of the day, took its really? toll come stadium jumping time, and there were lots and lots of rails and lots of time. And it was, it was warm, wasn't it, Jen? It was warm. It was in the mid to upper 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it was really it's warm. Like so yeah. I think horses that were not uh, training in heated hot weather, maybe mm-hmm. that uh, had a detrimental effect. And they changed the track just a little bit. And I think those subtle changes in the track make a big difference because there's a lot of terrain at the mm-hmm. horse park. There's a lot of subtle ups and downs. So you mm-hmm. change a track early in the course where you go up a long hill instead of across the side of the long hill. Early in the course, oh. you're going to be a little tired, more tired than you thought you were. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. Interesting. And so uh, who are the top three? Uh, let's see here. Well, everybody knows who's going to win. Michael Young won. Yeah, took Michael. The Ger- yes. The German took the money home again. <laughs> The three Pete, good for him. I mean, three times winning in a row. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's great. Yeah. Good for him. You betcha. And yeah, um, it was yeah, Zara in the third. Maxime second and Zara third. I couldn't remember if it was flipped around, but yeah, coming out of cross country, it was Michael, Maxime, 
and Zara, and then following show jumping, it stayed the same. Um, cool. Because Michael had had a, a rail in hand, and he took it. <laughs> oh, did he? He was like, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> well, you know, it's not bad to have a rail in hand, then. Yeah. Very, very, un- un- very uncharacteristic for yeah. Fisher O'Connor to have a rail, but the course was, and Michael admitted, he said, yes, the course was tough. There was a lot of maximum fences, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to be that experienced and, you know, you would think he had a little bit of nerves. I mean, he's still a human. So I would think he had a few little nerves going in there. So, yeah. And, and I think we saw a couple of photos. We had lots of listeners and auditors join you yes, in on course. A lot of fun. Yeah. Everyone. We had a great turnout. We had lots and lots of auditors come out. We had a, went out and had dinner on, what was it, Friday night. And then we met up at the first jump on Saturday and everybody wandered around. Everybody did a lot of shopping, uh, yes. posting lots and lots of pictures. So that was a great time. Awesome. awesome. Oh, good. Awesome. We love it. We love it. And does anybody have a derby pick for this week? I do. I'm putting I everybody. Down. I do. Yeah. Uh, Who is it? Uh, my, my, my heart wants Sonneteer to win. And apparently Sonneteer has no chance in the world. But they always say that until they win. Exactly. You never know. He's one of the Calumet entries and I want, I want Calumet to get on the board. I love it. And then I, isn't Patch the one-eyed horse? Yes, he is. I kind of, I just feel for Patch. I really, really want Patch to win. So he's my pick. Uh, Not not because he's fast. (laughs) (laughs) Not because he's fast, but because he's got a great story. Exactly. I love the stories. I'm going to be, I'm the one watching the NBC coverage from like two o'clock on. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm crying. Like, oh, uh, you get it. all the backstories. Yeah, and- I'm, actually, I'm torn this year, though, because yeah, badminton has a live stream because the badminton four stars this weekend, as is the Derby. So which uh, do I watch? I can't see. I can't record the live stream on badminton. So I'm liable to record the Derby coverage. And watch yeah. that on Sunday. So I'm going to have to no isolate commercial. myself from the news so I can mm-hmm. watch badminton. Yeah, that's tough. But then there's no commercials and you can just watch the stories. So <laughs> I, I'll you know, you know for, for, uh, for the Kentucky Derby, some, it's kind of like the, uh, the Super Bowl. Sometimes there's some fun commercials for the Derby. So I don't mind that's so true. That's true. But then you have it on record. You can watch them. <laughs> again <and> again. <laughs> Phil, how about you? What do you, what do you got? I don't. I haven't not looked into it a whole lot yet this year. I just have been a little crazy busy. But um, I know that shopping. there is a Canadian bred and owned entry. Is there not? Oh, uh, I think I'm not is. sure. Yes, now that you say I'm that, pretty sure. Actually, yeah, the farm is not too far from me. Like 45 oh, minutes or you so. Have so to. I got to root for our country, right? If Canadian. That's the case. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Cool. Well, we will come back next week. I hope everybody enjoys. Has a little Kentucky Derby party and a mint julep. Uh, we should put the mint julep up on the on the Facebook page on how to make a proper mint julep, for sure. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I love it. Well, Phil, we're going to start our segment today. We are with Jennifer Roth, and she is going to discuss uh, Travers and Ronvers. Well, tonight we are continuing our series that everyone is loving from the trainer's perspective and also the judge's perspective. So we asked our good friend and back by definitely popular demand is Jennifer Roth. She is a USEF small R judge, FEI rider, trainer, and uh, owner of Milestone Farm. Jennifer, welcome back to the show. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy our little talks. This is great. Well, you did such an awesome job. I have sent multiple students of mine to go listen to when we did the series through the levels. So you were a natural for for tonight's discussion. And so, Jennifer, our task tonight is to talk about uh, Travers and Ronvers. So let's start sort of from the trainer's perspective. When we start saying Travers or haunches in, it's the same thing for everybody who sees that funny word. Uh, so talk to us about Travers. Sure. So Travers is something we start seeing at second level. Um, basically, you know, it's one of those lateral movements. And, you know, the aim of a lateral movement is to develop and increase, you know, the engagement of the hindquarters and also therefore helping to develop better collection. So basically when we talk about Travers, it's performed in the collected trot. Uh, the forehand remains on the track and the head is looking straight along the track. Um, the haunches are, of course, moved to the inside, and the horse is bent toward the direction of the movement. So if you're tracking right, the horse is bent right. If you're tracking left, the horse is bent left. Um, and as a trainer, you know, what I always help with my students is just getting that idea initially of displacing the haunches to the inside. So oftentimes, I'll start with almost like a little nose-to-the-wall leg yield. So the horse and the rider start to develop that idea of yielding the haunches over, um, and then we start to develop bend from there making sure that the rider's weight stays towards the bend on that inside seat bone because the horse has to be bent around the inside leg. And when I look at it from front or behind, I want to make sure that I see, you know, those four tracks, which is a little bit, you know, different than, say, the shoulder in. And the bend is greater in the haunches in um, than the shoulder in. And the consistency of the angle for those that are mathematically inclined is about 35 degrees. Um, and when we're looking at the legs, the horse's outside hind leg passes and crosses in front of the inside hind leg, and the outside foreleg is placed in front of the inside foreleg. You know, so the haunches have to leave the track, um, the shoulders have to stay on the rail, the bend has to be to the inside, making sure that the rider stays weighted to the inside seat bone, of course, not dangling off the inside, um, but just sitting into the bend. And we want to make sure that something as a trainer that I'm really big on is that the gait shouldn't suffer. You know, oftentimes, you know, when people, you know, first learn this, you know, they're apt to want to slow the horse down or, you know, make it a little easier. And I have to really remind people that the trot really shouldn't change. So you almost sometimes have to accelerate a little bit or think accelerate to make sure that there isn't that loss of impulsion, which kind of creates that dreaded, you know, draggy, slow joggy trot. Um, that we all absolutely want to avoid the dog, but yeah. I love it. And okay, so when, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah I was go, just going to say go. that all sounds great, but I find this is one of the hardest movements to teach somebody how to ride. So Jen, maybe you could tell us a little bit, you know, we, you talked a little bit about head to wall leg yield. Are there any more yeah. kind of prerequisites before, um, you know, starting the Traver, like for me, I like to be able to do a little bit of, uh, um, turn on the forehand and then a little bit of turn on the, a little bit of turn on the haunches also to kind of try and introduce this. What, what are your ideas there? I mean, really it's all about making sure the horse is, you know, laterally supple and attention, uh, you know, attending to the aids. Um, yeah. So leg yield, turn on the haunches, turn on the forehand. Um, even just doing those, you know, a little side pass in the walk, you know, things just to make sure that the rider understands and the horse understands how to move off a rider's aids. Um, I oftentimes like to use circles 
swim um, like a 10 meter circle or so uh, to help riders kind of find and establish the angle and the bend prior to starting the haunches in. Um, Oftentimes, you know, riders don't do a good job of using corners where we all know that points are oftentimes lost. So I'll direct (laughs) them to make like a 10 meter circle, start to develop the angle at the end of the circle, you know, go a couple strides. If they start to lose it or the trot starts to suffer, let's do another 10 meter circle, get yourself back organized, then come again, outside leg back, establishing, you know, the shoulders on the line with the outside rein, you know, so just kind of breaking it up. There's nothing worse than just saying, okay, now haunches in, you have to hold it, you know, for the entire 60 meters and good luck with that. Um, but just breaking it up and making it, you know, in little digestible bits. Um, but yeah, anything that involves moving the horse, you know, sideways off of a leg is, and making sure that that is understood by both horse and rider, that there is a move away from response is definitely imperative to teaching the haunches in. Yeah. That makes sense. And so let's talk about the Ronvair, because that's a that's an interesting twist on the Travair. It is, yeah, it is. And actually, here recently, they moved the Ronvair um, from second level to third level. So now we see it in third level test two. Um, but it existed um, kind of with the shoulder in for a long time at second level. I personally liked that movement because it was hard to do. And my horse, is, my horse was very supple, so it was kind of nice. Um, but it's the inverse in relation to the trow there. Um, so this time the hindquarters remain on the track while the forehand is moved inward. Um, but then the bend is to the direction of travel instead of away from the direction of travel. So you kind of have the shoulders to the inside, like a shoulder and the haunches stay on the track, but then you're bending the direction you're going. Um, but otherwise, you know, the same sort of conditions apply to the trow there. Uh, that are applicable for the Ron bear. So the horse is bent around the inside leg. Um, the legs, you know, cross and pass the same. The horse is bent, like I said, the direction of it's moving. Um, you know, so again, it's just to demonstrate that the trot is fluid and with a greater degree of bend than say a shoulder in, you know, it's really, it's very similar, just similar aids, just put in a different direction. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. And, yes, and I, it no, does it because I've ridden it before. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. So, so tell us. I mean, that, that's the tricky. I, I always kind of describe it to my students as it haunches into the outside. So it's basically right. yes. very similar to the haunches in. You just happen to be going to the outside versus the inside. The inside, um, so, right? Right. And so that's one of the things that I teach them. So sometimes if that confuses someone, I, I will go. Um, and I'll say, okay, well, this is the position here. Let's change it and let's go ahead and do it to the outside. So along right. along the long wall or even on the quarter line is where I'll yeah, start. Or center the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or center Absolutely. line. So that, you know, learning to yeah, sort of move around. Right. It, and it seems like the, the thing, since the aids are relatively identical, you know, the thing that always seems to mess people up is, you know, I can do haunches and say tracking left, but I can't do Ron Bear you know, when I'm tracking to the right, but it's really the same sort of aid. So if you take the wall away from them and their perception of where, you know, direction really is like in the middle of a field or something and you show them, okay, like if you're tracking to the left, this would be haunches in, but if you were tracking to the right, this would be Ron Vare. It sometimes kind of lifts that, uh, that mind block away and it's a little bit easier to figure out. Oftentimes when I'm teaching somebody um, the Ron Vare, I'll actually start them in a shoulder for shoulder in and say, okay, this is the horse's positioning. Now you just have to change the bend. But the shoulders have to stay to the inside. The haunches have to stay on the track. We're just going to 
bend it the other way um, and making sure to switch your seat bones and sit the appropriate direction. So. Right. And so, you know, that's where you'll see it in a test. You see it once. Yeah, when it occurs in the yeah. test, you have to ride it that way, right? Because, right. Right. Uh, you know, the wall is, uh, you can't push the horse's haunches through the wall. So you have to correct position and shoulder. And, th- and that's why I like Romver. I almost uh, always like to teach it a little bit before Traver because it, it makes the most sense to me if I can do a little shoulder in. All I have to do is change the bend and uh, and the horse has has a wrong bear positioning and then I can teach travel out of that, you know, sort of like you said, it, it doesn't really matter the direction of travel where you, if you can teach all this stuff on a center line, then you can do it this way, that way, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere. It's just when people get stuck against the wall and horses get stuck against the wall, that's where the, the problems start to occur. So again, in, in wrong bear, the way I like to teach it also, I'd like to begin sort of thinking about these things, shoulder in or wrong bear. I like to leg yield and then change the bend in the leg yield. So, mm-hmm. um, like, so it does, it's not half fast because the shoulder doesn't lead. I actually try and get the hind leg to lead a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the same way that I teach leg yield, only just sort of help to bend the horse. So you just all this stuff is just about making the horse more supple, and like you said, maintaining mm-hmm. the energy. That's I mean, those are the two most important things. You know. And, and I don't know about you guys, but at this stage of a horse's training, so we're t- right in the first, second level range um, of when you're sort of teaching this and it's laying the groundwork for their their career to follow or the rider's career to follow. Um, but I like to do it also in a circle. I think that makes a lot of sense when you're on an actual circle line. Um, so I'll do it a lot of times on a circle line. How about you guys? No, absolutely. Because one of the things I find, you know, with a lot of riders is they get so wrapped up in the bend that they forget, you know, the movement itself or why the movement exists. Um, you know, so they, they go to do a shoulder in and they just start pulling on the inside rein or a haunches and they just start, you know, putting an outside leg back and pulling on the inside rein. You know, a circle line helps to establish that bend already. It just, you know, the natural curve. So they're not so wound up about it. And then they can focus on the actual displacing of the appropriate body parts, whether it's, you know, the haunches, the shoulders, whatever. So yeah, absolutely. The circle line is marvelous for that because there's a lot less jerking on the inside ring <laughs> when that, <laughs> when you use that to your, to your advantage. Yeah. And, and the only other thing I was going to add to, to it is <clears throat> I always think about with my students where they're sitting, mm-hmm. you know, because you really have to pay attention to what seat bone you're sitting on. You're sitting on the inside seat bone as you're doing both shoulder and haunches in but Ron Ver, remember, you change the bend to the outside. Right. So you have to, right. from the shoulder in, if you're coming from the shoulder in and going to the Ron Ver, you have to change your seat bone. And I think that's right. something that, that you have to think about from both the judging, I'm sure, perspective, but the training's perspective, too, is, you know, this is part of what you have to do as you're doing it. So we'll be playing this a lot with our, you know, my students and then have to really think about that. So that was the only other thing I was going to add um, from the, from the training perspective is learning how to Absolutely. do that. Yeah. I yeah, think one of the big traps, Oh, sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Philip. You're great. I was going to say one of the big traps that everybody falls into, especially when teaching horses and schooling, this is using way too much outside leg to try and create that mm-hmm. trap air. And then you're driving your outside seat bone down, you know, um, at this point in, in training, I think that it's, it's, it might be good to introduce a small spur or start using the whip a little bit more because if I have to drive my outside seat bone back and down to create the trap air, it's not correct. 
no matter what, it won't be correct. You can move the hind legs, but your seat position, like we're saying, sitting on the inside seat bone will never happen. But if I can, you know, uh, put a, a little spur on and get the horse to sort of listen to my outside leg a little bit easier without having to, dr- to drive all my effort onto that leg and onto that seat bone, I'm going to be way further ahead. Or if I can just give a quick tap with a whip, like a correction, like, hey, move off my leg, and then I'm not having to use a lot of big effort. And, you know, as you see this all the time in the Traver, a rider's outside leg way too far back, the horse not even mm-hmm. caring what's happening, the rider mm-hmm. sitting way to the outside and wondering why they're having problems bending the horse. Mm-hmm. The horse. This is a, this is a point a little bit, a little bit where dressage. People talk about you know second level, third level, whatever the, the dressage starting to happen. That means the horse must be attentive and balanced, and not requiring the rider to work harder and harder and harder for less effect. So yeah. I think that that's kind Absolutely. of an important thing that I I try and instill in people that even when you're introducing it and when you're teaching the horse it, the horse. It can't, it can't be so difficult that it's never going to happen. So, yeah, just a little bit thinking about the use of the aids and how they can assist you and how it's better to make a correction than nag for 20 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true. Well, Jen, right after, we're going to just uh, change our hats here and have a commercial break, and we're going to come back um, from the judge's perspective. He was her first love. The one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, He was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. So we're back with Jennifer Roth, and she is an FBI rider trainer, and she's also a small R judge. So she's changed her hat now. Um, so, Jen, let's talk about Traver and Ron Bear from the judge's perspective. So what are you Absolutely. looking for? Um, so one of the biggest things, we'll talk about Traver first, because Traver is a second-level movement. Um, they moved, like I said before, Ron Bear now is in uh, third-level test two. Um, which I'm not licensed to judge third level yet, but hopefully here in the near future, I'll be moving on up. Um, so what we look for in Traver, um, when you sit at sea, you know, the judges also, if you sit at sea versus a side judge, you know, we have different jobs and there's things, you know, when you sit at the side that you can't see about, say a Traver or a Ron Bear that you can see at sea. Um, but I'll talk about it from the sea perspective. Um, so the first thing we always look at when we see a uh, Traver is we want to see, you know, those distinctive, you know, tracks. We want to see, you know, if you're standing right behind the horse or in front of a horse, you're going to see about four tracks. So we want to see that the horse, you know, shoulders stay on the track, haunches come to the inside. We want to see bend the appropriate direction. We want to see that the horse maintains, because again, we're talking about second level, uphill balance. They have to be collected, the collected movement. Um, and we don't want to see the impulsion 
you know, go away. You, you're the, the carrying power, the engagement, the impulsion, the energy level, all of that stuff should stay the same. It should look fluid. You know, you're going from establishing it, you know, out of a, a circle, whatever you're establishing it, getting your bend, moving fluidly up the long side, the trot remains the same, the balance maintains the same, you know, the rider is sitting in the correct direction and everything just flows and looks seamless. Uh, What we don't want to see is too much bend to the inside. We don't want to see, you know, you really pulling on the inside rein thinking that somehow the bend is going to make this movement happen. Um, You know, we don't want to see riders pulling backwards or over cueing, you know, with leg aids. Um, Again, it's all just supposed to look seamless and effortless on the slightest, lightest aids possible. Um, But, you know, really the balance, the energy level, and the appropriate displacement and bend of the body parts is the horse's body parts um, is what we're looking for. And then everybody will be getting tens. Like I'm still waiting yes. to give that ten on the Traver. Um, <laughs> we love to give big scores, but yeah. So go forward and bend mm. appropriately and make it all fluid and soft, and there'll be tens all around. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what are some major faults you see when you go in and say, Oh boy, we're getting in, you were getting below six or below. What are some six things or below you, six or below? Um, sure. So we talked a little bit about the horse that kind of slows to that painful jog. Um, you know, they go and the, the rider like is trying to contort themselves and their horse to get the butt to move, you know, to the inside and the horse is slowing down to this painful slow motion joggy crawl because it's losing its engagement. It's losing its carrying power behind. Um, so then my score is starting to go from that, you know, perfect 10. Um, now we're starting to get to like, oh, we're getting to the six mark, you know, then if you don't have enough bend. So we talked about having too much bend. We don't want to see the horse's head cranked around to the inside. Um, but if you don't have any bend, you know, this movement is supposed to have bend. Um, you know, it's to develop lateral suppleness. It's, you know, designed to have bend. So show us the appropriate degree of bend. Um, if you don't have enough displacement of the haunches to the inside, you know, you're, you think you're pushing the butt over and you're pulling the horse to the head to the inside and nothing's really moving. You know, now we're talking, you know, well below a six, you know, don't make me go to the insufficient, you know, four range. Um, and then you also have the horses that, you know, you start to put your aids on the head goes up, they start running away from the aids. You know, you have some sort of um, resistance, you know, slamming on the brakes, you know, all those horrible stomach sinking things that I'm sure have happened to all of us at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's, those are the bad things. Um, yeah. So, so good things. There, yeah. No, yeah. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, do you have very many riders that tend to ride their lateral stuff all the way into the corner? And then are you forced to take a lower score because they don't straighten the horse after the movement? Um, so that's more of a modifier. Um, so that would be okay. Your, I'm not going to take a lot of points off of that because yes, you are supposed to straighten and show that, you know, bringing the haunches in this case back into alignment with the shoulders before proceeding into the corner. Um, but that's going to be a modifier for me. So if you're, you have all of those wonderful angels are singing, haunches in beautiful gorgeousness and then you don't really straighten your horse well i'm going to take just a little bit off and i'm going to make a comment about that you know just to let you know like everything was really great you're on the right track but i had to take you know a little bit off because you didn't do this so please remember to do this from here on out um 
you know, most people are so desperate to get out of the movement if it's not going well <laughs> that they're going to say long before right you know, or the, the letter that you're right. supposed to. Um, yeah. So most people aren't so desperate, like, I'm being amazing. I'm going to ride this thing all the way through the corner. I don't see that as often, um, but it does happen every once in a while. And what about uh, mistakes as it relates to Romvere? You know, because, of course, you want the same kind of ideas of forward going and bending. But is there any kind of weird stuff that commonly happens in the in the Romver? Uh Yeah, I mean, most of the time what happens is the, you know, the wall has a gravitational pull of all of its own. So a rider goes to do a Romver and they can't, you know, where they can do a shoulder in, but as soon as they change the, the bend, all the sort of sudden the horse wants to just kind of go to the wall instead of the rider being able to keep um, it around the inside leg, preventing it from just kind of turning to the wall. So oftentimes what we'll see is, you know, you go to do a Ron Bear and then you don't have the appropriate angle because it's drifting to the wall. Yeah, again, the slowing down, the overbent, the overcueing, sitting on the wrong seat bone, leaning to the outside, you know, trying to get it to go where you want it to go. Um, but most of the time it's just not enough angle, not enough shoulder displacement you know, stiffening up, mm-hmm. slowing down, all that good stuff. Yeah. How, that makes, how about you guys? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You know, because I am not the judge, I, I rely on you <laughs> for this segment, but no, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I'm like, uh, you know, like, Oh, that looked great. No, but I think that makes total sense. And, and I think that's one of the things that you're always watching out. Um, and and I think just the idea of the basic gate cannot change in the movement. And I think that that's been a, been a really helpful tip. So Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. How would our listeners find out or find you online? Um, but you can find me on Facebook. I'm Jennifer R as in Richard Ross. Um, and um, you can always email me dressagerider7 at AOL.com. Or you can find my Facebook page, Milestone Farms LLC. That is also on Facebook. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, we have started doing this on the fly, Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. And uh, from Coach Jen, is this coming from an email or an auditor page? Where is this tip with this, this question? This one come? was a Facebook message that I got. Awesome. Coach Jen likes, this is a new thing. It's, this is it's a new Philip thing. and I never know what's coming up. So uh, for the total settle fit tip of the week, Coach Jen, count us in. Let, what, do we, what do we got? We got, this is, my horse has naturally short strides. He is half Morgan. He tracks up at both the walk and the trot, yet he seems to be more up and down than forward at those gates. Can you recommend any exercises to help him move longer? Are you going to are you going to crack this one first, Reese? You can go ahead. You you start. I always get to start. Oh, you get okay. to start this okay. one. Um, <laughs> you know what's super handy for a horse like this is wait, Cavaletti. Yeah, <laughs> I was, yes. yeah. going to say that too. Think, we don't, we don't stray alike. too far in our training here, Reese. So that's true um, <laughs> for sure. Just start. Just start where the horse is comfortable at a distance that's comfortable for the horse. You got to figure that out a, out a little bit. Um, and then just start uh, making the spaces a little bit wider. You know, the the, the poles um, force the horse to, you know, walk or trot a little bit longer without the rider having to force any of that issue. That's why it's an awesome tool that we use so much because 
Um, and it's kind of fun for the horses. They get excited about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It keeps them going forward. Um, but basically, I mean, no matter what the horse is, whether he's born a little bit short-strided or has more of a flowing stride, um, we're always trying to improve the the rideability of the horse and then the natural ability of the horse. So through rideability, through exercises, you know, uh, then you then you improve the ability of the horse to be able to make shorter strides, longer strides. I mean, this goes all the way into Grand Prix to where you can collect the horse to Piaf, you know, trot, trot on the spot more or less and extension. So um, everything that you do dressage wise, all the exercises we give you every week is going to help you with this problem. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's nothing that, that won't help it really. Right. And in one of the exercises I love is sort of adds what Philip says is I agree. I would say absolutely trot poles and walk poles uh, would be very, very helpful. Um, I like to do that actually when the combination with a turn on the forehand. Uh, so basically the exercise that I do is I would set the poles up on one side of the circle. Uh, and again, it, it's kind of impossible for us to know um you know, from, distances. from just hearing, yeah, distances, just talking, you know, or just hearing that tip, but, um, you know, you've got to do it to the, your horse's comfort level. Um, and then, you know, again, gradually, gradually bringing the poles out. But what I would like to do is, is trot those trot poles, uh, or you can do it in the walk you could walk the walk poles. And then on the other side of the circle, at the other circle point, I would do a full turn on the forehand, 360 degrees slowly where the horse is bending. And I would either walk or trot out and do the poles again. So you kind of have your lateral suppleness going on. You also have the horse reaching for the poles. Uh, so I think that's a that's a very good exercise that that's I nice. would yeah, use. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Com- combine yeah, lateral kind of supp- combined. suppleness mm-hmm. with longitudinal suppleness. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of what, what you need. Good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah you need that yeah. yeah that's that's the exercise that you need for for that particular problem because i mean again <clears throat> you can make that horse more supple you can make him latit- longitudinally and laterally uh it, you can get there it's just going to take a little bit of time it's sort of like me doing yoga you know i can i can eventually get better at yoga um, but i'm not innately a super flexible person and my job makes me not super flexible so uh, i can't expect to be able to do like a handstand on my head on the first day but if i slowly work on it i'm get better and better at it get more confident and that's the same thing with your horse so uh let us know how that works i think i think that yeah come come back with us and let us know how our tip helps cool and i think always you know Sort of engaging the top line of the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, if the if the horse is hollow at all over the poles, then it's not going to work, right? You have to make sure you can maintain, you know, the back to front reach and stretch so that the 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 back muscles get stronger and are. You know, it's all about shortening and lengthening the back muscles. So just a lot of times when we try and shorten the strides, we feel like the whole horse gets a little shorter, but can be very hollow and high in the pole so you know this is sort of a training level exercise so we want to maintain a pole that is at or below the wither height Mm -hmm. just to make it work even better for you you know if you can do that at the same time this tip was brought to you by total saddle fit the shoulder relief girth that reese and philip both love And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. 
This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. The other thing I wanted to jump to is a little bit of a Facebook shout-out because uh, Doreen Rose, who is a longtime listener and has been on our show before, uh, writes a newsletter for the Long Island Dressage Association and uh, added a bit of blurb uh, about our radio show. So we wanted to give a shout-out shout to her today and say thanks for adding that. And hopefully we've gained one or two extra you know, new listeners because of that. Uh, it's a great newsletter. It's, it seems like a great... Uh, uh, group the Long Island Dressage Association. So, love it. Thank you very much. And, thank yeah. you, Doreen. We love you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is on Facebook or my email as philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. 